name is Crew. Hey, good looking. BMX is his world. Rad is his way of life. The world would be a lot better off without kids. We're here for the biggest and most important bicycle motocross event ever held, Helltrack. This is a very important race. The very finest riders in the country are here riding for some $100,000. Helltrack in this town. They've got to be kidding. This is a joke. I really think I can get this one. I think I've got a chance. I don't want to hear any more about it. Everyone's on his case. Get that. The paperboy thinks he's a pro. He's nothing next to Bart Taylor. He's got the style. There's something about the way you ride so naturally. And he's going to prove it. I've never seen such raw determination and talent in one kid. Against the factory hotshots. Looks like the local yokel's gonna race after all. It's gonna take a miracle to beat this guy. Against the big money fixers. All you have to do is take out that kid. Against impossible odds. You're scared now? This guy doesn't even stand a chance. Yeah, yeah. He's going for it all. Rad. Pool sceners, we'd give anything to be ass sliding with you right now. Instead of ass sliding, we're kicking off season five of the Pool Scene Podcast with Rad. Woo-hoo! First, Gnarly. this movie holds a special place in the heart of my co-host, Jim. Damn straight it does. A lot of personal stories. I'm Kevin, and unfortunately, I didn't grow up with this one, not seeing it for the first time until my 20s. We are also joined on the mic today for the first time by our social media manager, Jenna, who's never seen it until an hour and a half ago. Yeah. Uh, hi, guys. What's up? Yeah. This is first time seeing it until not even my 20s. So, <laughs> yeah. you know, this movie's seniors my senior. So, you know. God, it just makes us feel even older. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so proud that she saw this, though. She needed to see this. You needed to see this. Your life will be different, apparently, now that you've seen Rad. You're going to go out and buy a BMX now. I'm born in a different era, you know. Uh, uh, Rad was released in 1986, originally titled Balls Out. Great. Great name for it. Directed by Hal Needham. Hal Needham has a Rad filmography. Pardon the pun. Smokey and the Bandit, Hooper, Cannonball Run, Stroker Ace, and one of my favorites, Body Slam, amongst others. But you definitely get a feel for the types of movies he made. That's why Alfie Wise, the uh, little no money, no racy, no racy, no racy, no sponsor, no racy. The movie was panned upon release, but became a top 10 video rental for two years. Thanks to my mom. Thanks to Jim's mom after it found its way to VHS and Laserdisc. And beta. I have the rare beta. It had to be the very smooth, not at all awkward romance in this movie. Dude, awkward is not even the word to give that any justice. All right. You meet a girl. You like her. Yeah. Ass sliding. Yeah, down sewer runoff. You have a bicycle dance with her where as soon as it ends, you haul ass as fast as you can out of there. (laughs) Crew, you're so cool. You're so... (laughs) You take her... coffee that day. (laughs) Diarrhea. Yeah. (laughs) You take her to your lumber yard secret hangout and give her kicks. Yeah. And then you uh, eat, you share some of the world's smallest ice cream cone with her. But in actuality, you know his friends, uh, Luke and Raspy Voice. I can never remember her name. 
name. That's fine. Raspy voice is good. But don't you think they would have an issue with this girl out of town just coming and hanging out in their own area, hanging out in their own pad? Yeah, these these two got to be careful because isn't she leaving town as soon as Helltrack's over? Yeah, she's booting. Back to the romance thing. They have that lady in the trip moment with the ice cream cone. Yes. That's what makes it the with romance. The, with the most bullshit scoop of ice cream. It was all cone. There was hardly any ice cream. But they it. had that special moment. It, the ice cream scoop didn't matter, obviously. I have a feeling uh, that the actual music played in the store. After she's long gone, crew will forever think about that ice cream cone they shared. Oh my God. summer love. Yep. Yeah. In 1986, wasn't exactly easy to have a long distance relationship. Not at all. But then again, crew goes everywhere on his bike. He probably just rides his bike 400 miles to see her wherever she lives. <laughs> He's Forrest Gump. Gump. High five. <laughs> Woohoo! Same thinking. This one prominently features a course called Hell Track. If my one cousin grew up on this movie, he probably would have called it Heck Track. <laughs> The same way he called Jackass, Jack Butt. Uh, Jack Butt. You know what, though? Jack Butt sounds funnier. I don't know if he wasn't allowed to say Jackass or that was like a self-imposed thing. Yeah. Anyways, Jim, give us all the info you can on budget, box office, and what was popular at the time of Rad's release. Okay, so before I get into the news and the sports of the time, we have a debate that we talked about at the end of season four, and then Jenna, a.k.a. Judge Jenna, is going to say, am I right or am I wrong? Oh, man. TJ said, I'm totally justified. Shane thought I was entering a contest. Jenna, you are the deciding factor. I had eight hot dogs with buns in 20 minutes before we recorded an episode. Is that too many hot dogs to eat in one sitting? Go. Yes. Yes. Fuck! How many hot dogs do you eat? I hardly eat hot dogs. There's a local restaurant to us called the Hot Dog Shop. That will be the only time you'll ever see me eating a hot dog is if I'm at the hot dog shop. But how many would you eat in one sitting? Mm, two. How, how can you just eat two how hot dogs? How many do you eat at Jib Jab? They seem a little smaller there. I usually get five. Ugh. Five with ketchup and mustard. Five's not as bad as eight. But it was, it was, they were so good. So the- Eight throughout the day. Maybe it was a little more reasonable. Like if you're drinking on a hot summer day, cooking out, eight, okay. This has turned know. into antagonism right but now. I, uh, eight in one sitting personally is a no-go for me, I'm but to each their own. This uh, is bullying right now. To make things worse, the other day I was watching the biography on Chris Farley, and they had like a sit down with his, his three brothers talking about <sighs> growing up. And Chris would eat like six hot dogs at a time. And his brothers were trying to get an intervention for him because they knew he was out of control because he would eat six hot dogs. I look nothing like Chris Farley. <laughs> you do. You I don't. don't have a drug problem. Yeah. See, I mean, you know, eating like that, maybe yeah, a little problem there. But, you know, at least it's not like he's doing like six lines of cocaine. Yeah, that's true. Exactly. Right. I know, don't like put cocaine on my hot dog. <laughs> should. I don't do a line like, off a rod of hot dogs. You know, maybe six hot dogs at a time every day is, you know, obviously not just, the healthiest. I just got a good business but, idea. When the, uh, Cocaine when, dogs? When, when pot gets legalized in Ohio. Hot I'm gonna, dogs. I'm going to open a hot dog restaurant where like the condiment station, it just has pot, cocaine, <laughs> meth. Like, Long water. Putting yeah. the Coke back in Coke. Pot yes, dogs. There you go. Yeah, that's your right. All, All right. right. So I lost. I've been bullied. Now back to the news. So Rad was made on a $3 million budget. It made $2 million at the box office. So needless to say, it was a good? bomb. That's it. That's not good. I don't remember Rad ever being 
in theaters. No, I don't it's remember. Probably only in Cochrane, California. Or as in actuality, it's Cochrane, Alberta, Canada. That's where it was filmed. But I think Kevin said it the, the money was made in home video. My mom in late fees at first row video, national video, eagle video, and I'm trying to remember you any other mom. Eagle video. Eagle. Giant eagle yes, video. Eagle video. Are we going back to how I pronounce stuff again? You no, said it's not No, it was Eagle Video. For I a while. said Eagle Video. Yeah. They did Eagle. Eagle. For oh, a while. They okay. like, uh, just like worms. I said warm wrong. Yeah, that's weird. How Nobody, do you say worms? Worm. Yes. I Is warm. It like the crayon crayon. No. No, it's crayon. I went to crayon. school with a girl. Syrup. I went to school with Syrup. a girl who my friend Bill, rest in peace. He always used to ask her to say the phrase ten crayon sandwiches. Because she'd say ten crow sandwiches. <laughs> <laughs> So a sandwich, yeah, so it's like a Steve Harvey. Kind of goes back to the whole roof and rough debate. Yeah, or I don't get wash it. Wash and wash. Oh, oh my wash. grandmother always said wash. She yeah. called a couch a Davenport. I don't know why nobody ever said Davenport. My no. grandmother. Did. I've never heard that one before. Don't put your feet on the Davenport. Meanwhile, in music, Metallica's Master of Puppets, their third studio album, was released. What a great album! Yeah. Master Puppets was great, and then and Justice for All, and then was, people started getting divided when it came that to the Black Album. Pre-Cliff Death? This is post. Okay. Post-Cliff Death. I believe so. I might be wrong. Pool Sceners, if I'm wrong, send us an email, poolscenepodcast at gmail.com. And we've talked about this in the past before on news, kind of a sullen, sullen news headline right here. NASA announces searchers found the remains of the Challenger astronauts. Hey. However, in lighter note, friend of the show, Michael McDonald, releases a single with Patti LaBelle, On My Own, that became the Billboard Song of the Year in 1986. Okay. The 1986 Academy Awards did come out. William Hurt won for Best Actor for Kiss of the Spider Woman. Geraldine Page won Best Actress for The Trip to Bountiful. Who the hell watched that movie? Yeah, we're covering that this season. And then my favorite whoopee, 86-87 whoopee. Out of Africa won for Best Picture. Hell yeah, man. Out of Africa? Hell yeah. Movie real? Never heard not a single one of those movies before <laughs> in my life. You've never heard of Out of Africa? That's no. a big one. Did you say Out of Africa? Out, out of, of Africa. Out of Africa. You are a German. You're out of Africa. Speaking of German. Hey, George, what's up, y'all? Good evening, everybody. I'm George Michael, and welcome to The Sports Machine. Kevin and I are big hockey fans. New York Islander Mike Bossy was the first NHLer to score 50 goals in nine straight seasons, something you wow. don't see That's anymore. Insane. Fans of here, you know we're big golfers, Kevin and I, and we just did Caddyshack 1 and 2, our season four deep end season finale. Thank you guys for listening to that. Qualifier Kenny Knox is the last player to score in the 80s and still win a PGA Tour event. The Honda Classic scoring a total of 287 is the highest winning score in PGA Tournament history. If Kevin and I scored an 80, we would be jumping over the moon. Yeah, a guy I work with was really stoked about Stuart Sink winning this past weekend. I love Stuart because Sink. Because he's, what, 46? He's up there. Yeah, I got like, his autograph. Really cool like guy. 46, and uh, my coworker was like, it gives us hope for his old guys. I want to be I'm not that fucking old. <laughs> you son of a bitch. A town that we're not the biggest fans of because we're Cleveland Browns fans here. Pittsburgh Associates buy the Pittsburgh Pirates for $218 million. 
dollars. And then they drove it into the ground. But have one of the nicest stadiums yeah. in all of Beautiful Major League stadium Baseball. for the worst run franchise in sports. It's shameful. Just like the Dolans in Cleveland, I wish the Major Leagues would just rip the team away from them and put it up for sale. But one thing that's not for sale is the number one song in America this time, These Dreams by Heart. Okay. These dreams that song yeah something i know you do know I heart rock with heart fuck yes. growing up 60s 70s 80s 90s even 90s a little bit all my dad would play around us see she knows good. she knows and then kevin we brought this up last week during the news the number one movie in america for three weeks police academy part three yes hell yeah another great movie we are big police academy fans here and that's all that was going on march 28th 1986 all right, let's drop into the plot of Rad. Safely, though, before they removed the 10 feet. Uh, the main hero of our story is Crew Jones. Christopher Jones. Yeah. Crew, short for a cruiser. Crew is a BMX rider in a small town. Hey, forget that. What was that terrorist act all about back there? It just bums me out how the stupid kids think Bart's so rad. You're better than him. And if you could race, you'd show him, wouldn't you, Crew? I don't know. That Bart guy's pretty good, Wes. Bullshit. When a bike race event called Hell Track inexplicably comes to Crew's hometown, he must make the difficult decision that all of us must make eventually to take the SAT and apply for college or race Hell Track. Race Hell Track. You've been there. Isn't this the day you're supposed to make up your SATs? I know, Mom, but. But what? If you always wanted to go to college, that's been the plan. This is a very important race. Would you look at the stakes here? Besides, I really think I can get this one. I think I've got a chance. You have a chance with an education. I know about that, Mom. But Dad always told me, when your gut talks to you, you listen. Oh, Christopher, that won't wash with me. Just because he's dead doesn't mean anything has changed. I know, Mother. I don't want to hear any more about it. She not, raised hell track. Not, yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> My prime definitely had the struggle yeah. with taking the SATs. Well, nowadays it's more so you can do both, but colleges now more days do the ACT, your ACT scores. Yeah. So mine was a whopping eighteen. I had to take the Iowa test or sword fight my invisible friend. <laughs> I did. I. <laughs> I remember the Iowa. I think I took the Iowa test and like third or fourth grade and then they changed it all the standardized tests have changed so much that was such a bullshit test. for example in florida they want to test all children's genders because to participate in sports because fucking florida yeah you know that's the biggest issue in our yes exactly nowadays and look who's running the state of florida need i say more all right that has nothing to do with hell track again crew can either take the sat and apply for college or race hell track for a chance to win the unbelievable 1986 prize of one hundred thousand dollars and a corvette and a chevrolet corvette the very finest riders in the country are here riding for some one hundred thousand dollars and a chevrolet corvette Jenna, what is that adjusted for today's inflation? So in 2021, today's inflation equivalent equates to $241,000. That's three semesters of books. So taking that amount into consideration, if crew did some good investing and stayed in the small town of Cochrane, he could have retired. Yeah, he could have retired. 17 years old, could have retired. Kept his paper out just for shits and giggles. He probably would have become the mayor 
Or, or maybe he becomes someone else. We will divulge that later. But look, the mayor of Cochrane also works in that diner, apparently. Yes, sir, Mr. Taylor. Hey, what do you got to do to get a table around here? I have one for you in a minute, sir. Come on, come on, come on. Do we get a table or do we leave? Have one right away, sir. Won't take a moment. <laughs> hey, what's this? New rules. Hey, it's bogus. It's still the rules. <laughs> get out of here. This way, please. To steal the rules. <laughs> Fucking weirdo. They got some weird voices in this movie. The Hell Track is co-sponsored by the city. And I guess the owner of Mongoose Racing, Duke Best. Yeah. No, he's not the owner. We think he's like the CFO. There's that guy that shows up at Hell Track saying, Hi, Norm. Hi, Norm. Huh? Hey, with all this Hell Track exposure, we got to be able to move that new Mongoose product line off your shelves in about a week. Ah. Aren't you just a little ahead of yourself, Elmer? I mean, according to the contract, Taylor has to win first. <laughs> Don't worry, he'll win. I've heard your bullshit before, Best. You better win. Or you're dead. <laughs> uh, Duke desperately wants to keep crew out of Hell Track, and more so wants to make the race an easy win for Bart Taylor. He tries to fix it. Because Bart is sponsored by Mongoose, and, you know, it's... The name, the preeminent name in BMXing in 1986. You and you. All you have to do is take out that kid. You bet. Gotcha. Then all you have to do is win. As a number of BMX riders descend on town for the race, crew gets sent an angel in the form of Christian, <laughs> who crew instantly gets a cheesy figurative boner for. Oh, dude, he or, is so or he up. gets He was popping a wheelie for her. A, there you go. He either gets a figurative boner or literal diarrhea. Yeah, he does. There's something about the way you ride. It's so natural. It's, I, I just think it's incredible. Really? Took me six months to learn to airwalk. It took you one afternoon. And besides, you don't have to give up college. My sister took six months off, and then she went back to school. It didn't hurt her. Hey. If I try to qualify, will you be there? So Duke changes a number of rules to keep crew out of the race, like a rider must be sponsored, so crew's friends start Rad Racing, a small t-shirt company. Then the rules change, so the sponsor must have $50,000 in sales. No money, no racy. It's like... Hey, we have fifty thousand dollars in sale. Nope, gotta have fifty thousand and five. Well, we just sold another one. Sixty thousand. It just changes all the yeah, time. Yeah, it's ridiculous. So, thankfully for crew, the townspeople buy enough swag to cross the fifty thousand dollars threshold. Well, Burton, I hear you have quite a collection of rad shirts. That's true, Duke. Twenty-seven thousand dollars worth, and I'm going to keep every one of them because I got a hunch that by the end of this race, they're going to be mighty valuable. Almost said threshold. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, there's something about the thresholds anymore, let me tell you. Yeah. It's like the Clopex. <laughs> Crew wins Hell Track. Bart finishes second, although he could have won and he sabotaged himself. And Bart gets dropped from Mongoose. We'll bring that up in logic. Crew essentially offers Bart a spot on Rad Racing. Good race, man. Yeah, it was. Thanks. Looks like you're out of a job, huh? Yeah, well, you know. This isn't the only game in town. Now that we're official. Think we got room on the rad team? Good idea. Why not? All right. Yeah. What a team. Which technically doesn't exist. No. Now that we're official, you think you'll join the rad team? 
And that's pretty much all there is to it. So, Jim, Jenna, unless you have anything else to mention, let's get into the characters. Let's do it. We have Bill Allen as Crew Jones. Lori Laughlin, Aunt Becky, yeah. as Christian Hollings. Can I get an F for uh, Miss Lori Laughlin? Hell yeah, girl. Talia Shire as Mrs. Jones. Adrian! Not the uh, Mrs. Jones. Oh, that's Mr. Jones of <laughs> Cotton Crow's fame. <laughs> Uh, Ray Walston as Burton Timmer, mm-hmm. Alfie Wise as Elliot Dole, Jack Weston, who is very drunk in this movie. He has the weirdest speech affect because it uh, sounds like he's got 20 pounds of phlegm. Play, play a moment of him speaking at specifically the dance. Okay, here we go. Who is that kid? I don't know. What factories are you in? What do you mean you don't know? It's your job to know. Find out. I'm pretty sure he's hammered at that point. It's I'm, He's hammered throughout this whole and movie. one thing I noticed to watch in the movie, it almost looks like he doesn't have any top teeth. Yeah. Yes. That makes a difference in your speech. Yes, it absolutely does. He's and gumming you, everything. Yeah, when you see his top teeth, they're not great. No. 1986, it was a, it was a different time. Anybody else? Uh, a whole bunch of BMX riders fill in the BMX extras, like essentially. the names. All right, so which actor or actress gives a passable performance? Does any non-lead character character steal scenes jenna since you are our guest our social media attache you up who's your favorite performance in this movie christian or Lori laughlin i mean don't get me wrong it's all very cringy but it is the 80s <laughs> so you gotta be a, you gotta be a little easy on it i mean hers is probably like the most less awkward acting for me god what i wouldn't give to go out sliding with you right now why i believe in you don't you believe in yourself yeah. But what are you waiting for? Go get him. She really went for it because yeah. like every time you see her looking at crew, it's lovers like she's eyes, got man. like hard eyes, big time. Puppy dog eyes. I also love when they're having the disputes with, you know, trying to get in a hell track and, you know, they keep changing the rules. There's one scene where they are wearing the same damn outfit, same colors. They are the it couple. Yeah. And they've been together. How much time do you think passed? Three days. Three days. They've fallen in love. I don't know what the hell happened, but it happened so quickly. Where are they staying? I just thought of that. Where are... In that little shack at the Carter Lumber Yard, probably. Like, where are Bart and the Reynolds twins, and where are they staying? Best Western. Okay. (laughs) We don't see. It's outside of town. Yeah. Yeah. It's the weirdest thing. Yeah. I'd probably say I like the Reynolds twins. Hell track in this hick town. They've got to be kidding. This is a joke. This is a... uh, Big town we're rolling in here, huh, guys? Surprised the main street's even paved. <laughs> well, give them a wave. Oh, Look, how you doing? There's a couple of cute girls. Oh, maybe the only two in town. <laughs> it's about ready to get out of here. I don't know why we even stopped. Did you give Christian a little AA? AA. Yeah. yeah. Attitude, Attitude adjustment. The coolest set of twins, I think, in movie history. I'm just kidding. Yeah, Not the Winklevoss so twins, these the guys. The Reynolds twins are wearing, very famously, leftover costumes from V. The television series. Yes, the sci-fi television series who just had, like, some <laughs> costumes left over. Guys, look what I found. Hey, put it on. Put these put these on these guys. We'll just add Rex and Rod to it. We'll talk about that scene more, because I guarantee you it's going to be brought up. It's it's insane. All right, let's move on. Oh, what? You didn't get mine. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, no, I have a... Uh, I have a couple. I would say by far, 
is uh, Burton Timmer is my MVP because without him, crew doesn't race. He gives him the money. Uh, don't take this the wrong way, Burton, but what's all your interest in this bicycle stuff? A good feeling, Mr. Mayor. A good feeling. I will explain later on who I think Burton Timmer really is. It's a great... It's out there, I but... I gotta throw this in real quick. I have to actually put that a very strong, like, right, right below Christian for me. I forgot about that. He is such an essential piece of Crew's life. He studied on how to effectively execute the perfect middle finger. Oh my God. He does on multiple occasions. Pure index finger tension. He wraps it under the thumb underneath the third, the ring finger. It is fucking stellar. One might say he's molding Crew's life. That is. He has the, the, proper launch point on that middle <laughs> finger he goes yeah. fuck you but another person i want to bring up real quick sergeant smith crew you can do it just pretend you're in a lumber yard go balls out yeah hard boiled haggerty that's his real name because he was a professional wrestler well, not his real name well, not his but... real name but hb haggerty he's uh credited as Sergeant Smith, it seems that Sergeant Smith takes his lunch breaks and just chases crew and the guys around the lumber yard. He is one of their biggest supporters when the hammer came down on him. And all that's in fun, but I'm afraid that one day he's going to get crew killed. Because, like, crew is, like, racing on top of those big, like, stacks yeah. of logs. What if the logs came tumbling down? Oh, he's dead. Crew's dead. Yeah. And the cop just rides his motor motorcycle away, and he's like, I was never here. There are a lot of weird safety issues throughout this entire film. Yes. And we, we'll go into depth a little bit later on. All right. Let's move on to best scenes. I'll go ahead and go first. I will say my best or favorite scene. There's three definitive ones. Oh, and Jim, I know that you're going to take a couple. So yeah, I will start with maybe one that's not so obvious. Maybe it is the qualifying heat. Each participant will run three qualifiers to get to the big one. Each race will get tougher as lesser experienced riders are eliminated. And the 20 racers with the best time will have the opportunity to race hell track for hell track god it's with thunder in your heart playing oh my god so crew straight up cheats oh he beyond cheats there's no explanation to the rules because like the reynolds twins are in some heats and not in others not bart taylor consecutive ones no bart taylor he's just in yeah crew has to like win four out of seven heats i I don't understand here's the crazy thing bart taylor and the reynolds twins and crew Knock people off the course into the water. Yes. Crew repeatedly violates the boundaries of said race that you need to win. Yeah, he goes outside the ropes. Yeah, he goes outside the ropes. I don't know how many times. But it's like a 16-minute cut of Thunder in Your Heart just on loop. They play it four consecutive times straight through. I cannot stress enough the sheer brilliance of how this song is the epitome of this exact scene at this exact time in history. And another thing too though about the uh, racing is, you know, I'm no pro BMXer but if you're watching the movie and you look, there's other racers that always take like a couple like running steps and then get back yeah. on their bike. Yeah. Like you think that there'd be some roles where you just have to immediately get back on your bike no there's very little rules there there are no fucking rules because apparently you can just (laughs) cut right through the goddamn shire cut in front of the racers coming by as we see his buddy luke ends up taking a big fall busts his bike crew comes out of left field hauls ass falls ass overhead ends up running another guy almost kills a guy so what what i'll say about this scene is slaughter is allowed yes yeah 
So what I'll say about this scene is that watching this movie at different stages of life, again, I didn't see this as a kid. Part of the appeal, like I remember seeing Airborne in the nineties yeah. yeah. and I, it was rollerblading. I loved it. But I remember as a kid watching Airborne, watching it from this perspective of not a love interest, not like the action, just the rollerblading. Yeah. I remember being like watching them rollerblade through traffic. So with Rad, I can see the similarity where it would be like an eight-year-old, nine-year-old, 12-year-old kid, whatever, wants to just see a bunch of bite. It's a BMX That's movie. I, I saw this when I was six They or don't want to see the romance, no. the sharing an ice cream cone, you know, whatever else. They want to see the BMX. So, they want to see the action. So this scene is like the BMX bike porn. Yeah. It's just like 16 minutes of kids. It might not literally be 16 minutes but it's it's however long 10 minutes of just bmx montage yeah now this scene was pivotal in my life because probably the seventh or eighth time i saw this movie i was like five like six or seven years old my mom went out to toys r us and said pick out a bike picked out a bmx bike i saw in the movie it had white covers on the wheels it was a gray bike i was actually in the Tribune Chronicle, December 13th, 1987 edition of me picking out the exact bike. I have the picture. I don't have it with me, but this movie was such a pivotal part of me growing up. I got the coolest BMX bike that was possible in that price range. That's pretty rad, Jim. Gnarly. <laughs> All right. So I have to say is the ass sliding scene. Yes. There's just so many questions, but you know, it's really probably what we said, probably the span of three days that they've gone, started their relationship. Yep. This is like really the scene that kind of like starts to show the development of Christian and crew. This is what? This is ass sliding. I have a dream and it's probably crazy, but crazy is nothing new. What is more romantic than ass sliding in sewer water? Yeah. Into a cold Nothing lake. says love like the stench well, of poop. Yeah. You wonder if this is like a crew thinking outside of the box because he mentions ass sliding a couple times in this movie. How else are you going to slide to? Why is this specifically called ass sliding? Are you just going to slide on your tummy? It's a weird. It, rather than be like, why don't we go to slide point or whatever yeah. it's called? Ass instead, sliding. It's, let's go ass sliding. Well, I guess it makes sense because it's ass water. <laughs> Maybe that's why. Jesus. Shit's Creek. Yeah. yeah no. Oh, go. let's go shit sliding. Uh, Get your shots. I don't know if it's more a indictment of Cochrane. Because of all the places that crew could take Christian, he takes her. You got to go ass sliding. Then, you know, they have their moment where she throws a little rock and splashes on him. And they do the little sauntering through the water. And then does the weird backward embrace, which I'm thinking, a little quick for an embrace yeah. so soon. You know, it's another thing, too, is just the plot holes in this. You know, one minute they're going down, they're ass sliding. They're dry. They're all wet. And then next minute they're standing very painfully awkward and back embracing. And they're dry. Their hair's dry. There's no way. With that music in the background. Must be some chemical property of the sewage that they just slid <laughs> I through. hope to God they're up to date on their tetanus shots. <laughs> Run wrong move. And they're donezo. You know, there's probably a power plant right off camera. It's definitely <laughs> nuclear runoff waste, too. I would be remiss if I didn't bring up the bicycle boogie. Hold everything! It's Christian Holly! You're learning with the act, aren't you? Could have showed some respect and at least wait till I was done dancing. Could it be that she and Bart are gonna bicycle boogie for you? Excuse me. I hope so. Christian, just give me the sign when you're set to jet. What happened to my eyes? That is not Bart Taylor. Well, let's see what he can do. 
Yes. I mean, it is such an iconic scene. And I'll go as far as to say in film history, how, first of all, you can't separate crew from a bike. It's just, it's, it's, it, I don't it's know. It's almost a dream sequence. It pretty much is, is. the bicycle boogie. It's this, this moment in the movie that town almost dance. is a hallucination. It is. So it's a town dance. Everybody's getting together because they're welcoming all the factory riders in town to promote hell track crew. Of course, shows up on his fucking bike because why not? So he's putting on Flatland tricks outside. And everybody's like, woohoo. Meanwhile, Bart and his girlfriend, the Reynolds twins and their women are doing this over the top choreographed dance. Oh, yeah. How did they plan this? Makes no sense. So Christian getting a femme boner sees crew do these Flatland tricks and goes, oh, moist time. So she decides to get a bike, jump over his bike, give him the sex eyes and go, let's do this shit. Then all of a sudden, the DJ just knows to go, hey, do a little bicycle boogie for you. Turns the lights down. Then cue the real life. And then, as you can see, they do absolutely zero blocking to show, actually show you. You could tell that's not crew. You could tell that's not Christian. It's actually Eddie Fiola and Martin Aparijo. That's who's doing the stunt riding for this. Then all of a sudden, they start doing flatland tricks on balance beams they're doing improbable things like literally standing on a bike while it's moving yeah, it literally continues to circle around the open mosh pit of the the dance they the bike somehow is pedaling itself yeah. while they're standing on it but the moment when he decides to jump on the balance beam and do like a front wheelie while christian just stands there i compare it to philip seymour hoffman seen Dirk Diggler yeah. do a money shot in his first scene. Oh, fuck like, idiot. Where he's just looking like, <laughs> like that scene. That's the look she gave him. Yeah. It's like, holy God, how is possible? Hauls ass out yeah. of there. <laughs> Crew, you're the best. <laughs> Everybody starts cheering for him and like telling him what a great job and how cool he is. And he just, hey, Sue, panics. <laughs> do you like bread? <laughs> I've got legs. Oh, Sue. I've got legs. <laughs> July bread. Oh my God. Kevin, you got another one. I do. My last one I'll mention because we, I think we're on the same uh, wavelength here. Hell track itself. And welcome to hell track. This is the most diabolical combination of jumps, turns and obstacles yet created to test the world's best BMX riders. $100,000, the monetary incentive for these young professionals, but it's more than cash that challenges these racers at the brink of this 25-foot wall. Oh, my God. So a couple things just... So Hell Track's the finale. The Hell Track itself is probably not as crazy as the qualifying race, mm -mm. but Hell Track... So filming was delayed because of Hell Track. The starting ramp itself was, was so high. It was three stories. That none of the professional bike riders would go down and they're like, nope, not happening. Because so, this was not engineered or shown off to any BMX riders, not asked for any advice on it. Some guy who's never seen a race decided to build this thing. So the ramp was cut down to a 25 foot wall, which is still, you can see even in this movie, it's almost like at times their wheels aren't touching. It's almost a vertical drop. Yeah. So BMX plus magazine published an article about hell track, which I wish you had yeah that'd be a cool souvenir to have add it to the list <laughs> during filming none of the stunt riders were able to complete one entire lap of hell track gee i wonder fucking why so the race was it the kick cereal bowl yeah the, the race scenes were filmed one section at a time 
five times over. Yeah, it makes sense because there's a lot of rehashing. Yeah, and then the uh, the footage of Helltrack, it took two weeks to get enough to edit together one entire race. Actually, it took two weeks to make sure Hollywood Mike Miranda recovered <laughs> from every injury and spill he took. Yeah, but Jim, we found out yes. every spill he took, he got 500. Yeah. And some of these spills, like where he takes the jump off the cliffhanger, he fucking died. Yeah. He had to be <laughs> resuscitated. I love that he negotiated that. He was like, listen. You see how old you. I am? It's going to cost you $500. And he fucking got it. Poor, poor engineering of that ramp. It just goes straight to dirt. Like, yeah. you, like I know. There's how, no. There's no way. There's no plausible way that the bikes, they could just keep going after that ramp. Yeah, it's just yeah. a straight wall, 25 foot wall, which is some dirt banked against it. <sighs> it shows who made this. And coming off of that real quick. Ken Squire's announcing of the only, actually the only backflip that happens during that race, it's the second backflip in the movie, where Ken Squire says the following. Oh my heart, a backflip. Hulk Hogan, eat your heart out. Hulk Hogan would never eat his heart out because at this time in pro wrestling, wrestling was in a territory system. American guys weren't doing backflips off top ropes. No. So Hulk Hogan especially would not come. Especially not Hulk Hogan. Especially not hot skin. Hot skin. Hot skin Hogan. <laughs> I've been known to get called hot skin a few times. I meant to say hot dog skin. <laughs> no, don't say hot dog skin because then you'd fucking eat him. <laughs> eight times over. You put him in an air fryer. Holy shit. Do you put eight hot dogs in an air fryer? Yeah. Or do you have to make them like four at a time? No, no, no. I put all eight in there. Eight. <laughs> yeah, I, de I defrost them and then I put them in the air you fryer. You the buns or anything? Uh, sometimes it depends. Remember, okay. TJ said he did the whole air frying thing. Gets a good crisp munja. 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 Okay. Hot skin. There's definitely like oh. your main events. You know, yeah. well, back to that. What is it? The bicycle boogie? Yeah, yeah. the bicycle boogie. Bi bicycle boogie. You know, I've done a couple school dances in uh, the high school gym before <laughs> and just thinking about how the setup of it the way the mayor right yeah, yeah he's just absolutely sloshed and oh no no duke best was completely duke best, drunk my bad you know he was spiking the punch yeah i swear i watched the movie it's names are hard to keep straight no um, you're fine but you know uh you know, Duke Best absolutely sloshed. That's that's not going to happen on a high school dance. Duke Best and his little buddy seem like they would be on a fucking watch list. Like they would <laughs> not be allowed near that high school. The one crawl I have to pick with it is the balance beams. Yeah. No, yeah. like most high schools, they usually just throw down a really shitty tarp yeah. and call it a day. Nope, not and there. Wouldn't they at least push them against the wall no, or something? No, not there. Right. No. It just comes out of nowhere and you got crew over here doing tricks on them to impress just to leave. All right. I also have one one quick thing I, it just popped yeah, in my head ahead. at the parade we see the one woman who is very like unlike his oh, yeah. mother is super proud of crew he's the local he's such a good boy she is blocked in she needs to get through the parade pleading to the people you all have to move this is so un-american i have to get through i'm late my cake's in the oven young man can you do anything for me come on i'll help you out <laughs> Oh, you're such a nice boy. Oh. Thank you. Yeah. Well, Thank you, good man. No problem. I'll tell you guys. Let's move over. Whoa. Please, please. I have to get through. I have to get through. Nothing. Here comes crew and the gang. Excuse me. Can you help me out, young man? Sure, ma'am. I'll help you. Yeah. The whole crowd starts fucking clapping. Yeah, you. The same you crowd clap if you would have let her through. They refuse to move. What uh, the fuck? So at my high school dance, I tried to bring in a bike into the dance <laughs> onto the dance floor when they were playing Bailamos by Enrique Iglesias. 
and everybody tried to let the rhythm and everybody take you started over. booing me and i said it's a fucking bicycle boogie and everybody said that's a mountain bike bro that ain't no bmx get out of here so i did i left and then uh so i'm forever haunted by bylamos let the rhythm take you over yeah. So the other, the, quickly, the other thing I wanted to mention, a, a real fun scene. When they introduce all, who the competitors of Helltrack. Oh, the rundown. And they pan the rundown of all the introductions. Here's the starting fee. Riding for Team Hutch from Canada, Jeff Ingram. For Team Robinson from San Diego, Richard Fleming. Robert Loop of Los Angeles, 14K Racing. The Powerlight Racers, Danny Milwee. From the Red Line team, from Torrance, California, Scott Clark. Canada's Kirk Behan is qualified for Norco and Super Saco. Martin Aparijo for GT. Glenn Adams out of Utah will be riding for Bingham Bikes. The pedal power rider is Chris Phoenix. For Team Robinson, it's Travis Chipraid. For Team GT, Eddie Fiola. As well as Kevin Hall from Texas. For the Skyways team, it's Richie Anderson. Riding for Vans is Beetle Rosecrans from Honolulu. And for Team Hutch Hollywood, Mike Miranda. The good ones. Beetle Rosecrans. Yeah, <laughs> Beetle Rose. It's great. So. <laughs> Danny Milwee. All right, so it was Jenna's first time seeing Rand. First time on microphone. Yep. Let's go ahead and do another first. Let's get everyone out of the pool for Jenna's first ever pool check. Pool check! All right, Jenna, we enjoy having you on this podcast. You've yes, been ma'am. helping us Thank out you. with social Thank media, you. which Jim and I are old. So <laughs> she, Jenna has completely wised we've, we've me up. Been, uh, we've been promoting this thing on LiveJournal and MySpace and mm-hmm. wondering why no one listens. Pretty much. Uh, and then Jenna came to the rescue and the helped us out. TikTok. At Pool Scene Pod One. one. This week, a pool scener actually reached out to an underutilized asset, our email address. Yeah. And a pool scener suggested a great topic for a pool check. I'll read a portion of this nice email from Zach. No last name given. I've been going to the gym. Should I do a voice? I've been going to the gym for the first time in my life consistently as a New Year's resolution. So good for Zach. Mm? Congrats. Been going to the gym. That's a great thing to do. Excellent. I usually listen to podcasts, but I'm hitting a wall with motivation. So you think if he's been going since... January 1st. Yeah, he's sticking on that resolution. You know, four months, he's starting to hit a wall. He's probably seeing some results, but yeah. he, he, he got to get over that hump. Plateau. Yes, exactly. So usually listen to podcasts, but I'm hitting a wall of motivation. You should do a pool check for songs that get you hype or songs that you turn up to 11. So Spinal Tap reference. Yes, that is great. Zach, that's a great suggestion. Thank you for reaching out to our email. We'll seen podcast, podcast at, at gmail.com. We'd like to hear your pool check suggestions from the rest of you pool seniors. I haven't went to the gym consistently since pre-COVID. I need to, but something that makes me want to turn certain songs up to 11 is when the weather changes and you can like roll the windows down and just like jam out. So the way I interpret this and apologies to Zach, if I'm misinterpreting are songs that put you in a great mood. Oh yeah. You don't give a shit about anything else. You are in the moment. So without further ado, songs that make you want to turn it up to 11. Who wants to go first? Jenna. 
I'm a bit of an Indian country stan. I'm all over the place with okay. my music. So um, if you guys were really you say Indian like, country stan, yes. is that a country? Indian country stan? Indie and country. Oh, Indie. I thought you said Indian country. No, not country. Indian country. country. <laughs> my main music is my Spotify. Ugh, it's Indie and country. So okay. I, I'm kind of out there with everywhere. Nothing wrong with that. So one of my first songs, you may or may not have known this if you're a younger viewer or, you know, maybe Jim and Kevin have heard it is Are You Bored Yet by Wallows. Never heard um, of it. So the lead singer of Wallows actually, his name's Dylan Minetti and he plays Clay Jensen in 13 Reasons Why. Okay. I don't know what that is. I do. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So, you know, he uh, started with that and actually one of the people in Wallows is from where we live. Forget his first name, but I don't know his last name. is What? Literally Masters. legit from here? He is from uh, Warren, Ohio. Oh, hell yeah, man. Um, so, you know, that's also kind of a shadow of our region, you know? Yeah. A song that never did get me hype, but now just puts me in a, if I'm down, puts me in a good mood. Yeah. I maybe wouldn't suggest going on a treadmill and listening to it, but we had a good time listening to it. Mr. Saxo Beat oh, by Alexander Stan. Oh my yeah. God. I used, when Jenna and I worked together, do you remember when I used to do security yes. and I put on Mr. Saxo Beat and I told you, girls come in, I play Mr. Saxo Beat. Yep. That's my sexy song. Get the song. ladies. So I would walk around the front of the store blasting Mr. Saxo Beat. Jim got those sexy eyes from crew. Yes. Him on the ladies. Yes, I did. Yeah, so th that's the exact reason why. It's just so goofy. It puts you in a good mood. Plus, the video is really, it's really real weird. Strange. It's really strange. Yeah. My number five song that I like to turn to 11 in a car, and I think it's one of the best cover songs ever made because I think it's better than the original as well. The Atari's Boys of yeah. Summer. There's just something about the song puts me right into like 1999, 2000. Reminds me of high school. It's just, it's such a good song. But when you hear the original, the original Boys of Summer by Don Henley, it's just, it doesn't. I it's, like, it's a little bit more amped up from Don Henley's. Way amped up. And it has one lyric change. So in Don Henley's version, right. he says, saw a deadhead sticker on a Cadillac. Mm -hmm. In the Atari's version, it's, I saw a black flag sticker on a Cadillac because they're, they got to be hip. They can't mention Dude, the Grateful Dead. That's straight. It's got to mention black flag. It's such a great song to listen to loud. It's a song you can't listen to quiet. Turn it to 11, folks. Atari boys of summer. All right, Jenna, time for your number four. All right. So my number four, I would have to say Hold the Line by Toto. Yeah. Oh, very One nice. Classics where it just comes on. Got to turn, roll the windows down, turn it up to 11 and just go for it. Oh, that's such a good Toto, Toto song. song. I think it's very underrated Toto yeah. song. My number four, I have to go rap because like if I'm going to the gym and I'm on the track, I want to listen to rap. It's Audemars by Young Thug is the most energetic person on earth. He's like a human speedball. But in the song, he compares himself to a Hellcat. Okay. 85 racks Hellcat, walking the club Hellcat. Everything's Hellcat. And that makes total sense when you're talking about Young Thug. My number four is kind of a more recent song. As I've stated before in the past, I am a big Formula One fan. I love racing because I don't have money, so no racy. <laughs> so Brian Tyler composed the actual Formula One theme song. Before every event, you get the VTR of all the drivers and the music gets queued up. It's all orchestral. Every time I hear this or it comes on my Spotify playlist in the car, I crank up the music, roll down the windows, and I ignore every speed limit, and I just <laughs> gun it like I'm driving an F1 don't car. Don't kill anyone, Jim. No, don't kill anybody. I, I, I do it when there's nobody around. I do it smartly. But there's just something about this orchestral 
this beat that just makes me go cray, as the kids would say. Isn't that right, Jenna? Cray? You're a little outdated. Word, Jenna? Word? Word. All right, Jenna. All right, my number three, how to switch it to country, would be Rednecker by Hardy. What? (laughs) Who's going to Hardy's? (laughs) Don't get me started with Hardy's. Hardy is a new breakout country artist, if you listen to that genre. In a more rural area of Ohio, there's literally a corn farm across the street. Something where it's just like small town country. You just roll down the windows, enjoy the field. Without knowing this song, I can totally get behind the idea of country as hype music. Because it's all about summer and good times Mm -hmm. and carefree, not about Drinking, drinking a beer drinking. in a cornfield, you know, yeah. just chilling out, Blue relaxing. Yeah. yeah, red solo cup. Who, who has yeah. more mud on their boots, just yeah. living their best your country tractor, lives. Your tractor's big. Yeah, My tractor's sexy. <laughs> My number three, yeah, you're complete in the opposite direction. Again, don't listen to this on a treadmill. So things have been a little tough for me lately. I'm struggling a bit. So a song that always... Not a religious person, so a song that's like religion for me is I Wish I Knew How It Would Feel to Be Set Free by Nina Simone. Wow. It's just deep. Yeah, there's something that just connects with my soul in that song where it's like, uh, it just gives me hope, makes me feel better that like when I'm down, things are going to be better. So that's, yeah, anytime it comes on a playlist, it's just like instant good mood. My next one is going to be polar opposite of both of you. Don Omar's Donza Kuduro. Nice. Now this Man. song, you know, I first heard it in Fast Five. That's Fast and Furious franchise, huge fan of. Background of this song, I put a TikTok out about this. This song was created, people who witnessed this, who thought of the Kuduro, saw Jean-Claude Van Damme dancing drunk in Kickboxer. Yep. And they decided to call that the Kuduro. No one else has ever danced like that. Nobody's ever danced it's like the, that. Only he, Muscles from Brussels, Yep. John Claude Van Damme. He's the only one that can dance like Do that. Do the Danza Kuduro. So dance the Kuduro. But that song is just so hype. It's very Latin, high speed, high power. Shake your ass. Do it in public. Twerk in the bathroom. I don't, I don't care. I don't know if any else, you know, similar songs will get yeah. mentioned, but there's another genre like that reggaeton and oh, Latin influence, yeah. like um, your Daddy Yankee mm-hmm. and, you know, just... Those songs like Pitbull. Yeah, Pitbull. All those are like number two for Jenna. Another turn would be Death Cup by Mom Jeans. I've I've never heard that either. I'm learning here. They're indie, you know. um, It's called Death Cup? Death Cup by Mom Jeans. You know, I uh, went through a pretty rough breakup about a year ago, and this song, it's cathartic, you know, but it's like one of those songs where you just turn the volume up and just keep on going, and it's uh, like an indie, but like a bit heavy, like instrumental type. Well, I wouldn't even say like heavy on the instrumental yeah, and pump you up. I'm looking forward to checking these out. Yeah, because I've never heard of them either. So I like make to be a educated. weird playlist, guys. Damn straight. But Nina Simone and Death Cup. You know what? Just maybe trying to give you a good diversity. Maybe we should. I just had a, a brilliant idea with our social media manager here. Maybe we should create Spotify playlists with the songs that we think of and put them up on Spotify. I've, I've thought about it. I mean, same with when we do music videos yeah. and stuff. Oh, yeah. Jenna yeah, can do it's it? Easy. It's, actually, it's actually quite easy. It's just, you know, just making sure you get all the songs you want on there. Spur the moment idea. Hocus Pocus by Focus. Yes! It's just like, I want to tear down a shed in someone's backyard when I listen to this the song. The best thing to do for Hocus Pocus by Focus is get somebody who's never seen Hocus yeah. Pocus by Focus and watch them do Hocus Pocus by God, Focus because just, you will be in focus watching this it guy be Hocus Pocus. It builds up and builds up and builds up and then his top blows. He's the weirdest I, looking dude. I want to start a hardcore band and I want to 
cover this song to start our set and just watch the place come down. Jen, have you ever heard Hocus Pocus by Focus? Honestly, no. Oh, God. You're, well, that's another thing we're going to have to show you here because it is phenomenal. Just to watch your reaction to it would be splendid. Can't wait. Uh, so my number two, going country music. Number all two. All right. All right. As we talked about how Needham directed this movie, Alfie Wise is in this movie, who's a friend of Burt Reynolds. Burt Reynolds is the bandit. I'm doing Jerry Reed, Eastbound and Down. Wow, loaded up and trucking. God damn it, this song was another song that just was an instrumental part of my childhood. I always wanted to be the bandit. I still want a 77 Trans Am. I want to just buck the law. I just want to go high speed. I want to go bootlegging. I don't know if bootlegging's a thing anymore, but I want to bootleg fucking something and take it across state lines and break the law, but do it at a high rate of speed and have Kevin drive the truck and be my snowman. Sure. You know, honestly, I uh, do not know that song, but I do know the experience of trucking. I thought you were going to say bootlegging. Bo- <laughs> I do know bootlegging. Oh, uh, yes. No, I do know the experience of trucking and going faster than you should in a 40-ton semi-truck. Holy shit, really? Yeah. You drove a semi? Well, I mean, my father, he's a truck driver. Oh, okay. But... He would sometimes let me and my siblings drive it around the parking lot. Hell yeah. But there has been times where I've gone gone on road trips with him and uh, we would be going a little faster than we should. Was he bootlegging Coors beer across state lines? No. Damn it. Does he have a, uh, has his last name, uh, what's the guy in Super Troopers with the soap? Oh, Farva? No, no, the guy that they pull over and he's the Johnny Chimp, uh, never mind. Oh, I can't remember. Oh, oh, the, oh, okay, I know what yeah. you're talking about. His yeah, name yeah, yeah. keeps changing. Yep. I've never seen Super Troopers. I mean, I've always heard about it, but I've he never seen it. He gives me shit for a lot of movies. I, I just saw I've The Lost Boys for the first time. every movie ever. See, I've seen it's parts of Lost Boys before. See, I, not see, I am a Lost Boy. I've been alive for 280 years. <laughs> I've seen every movie. He was movie. there for it. Yeah. All right, Jenna, your number one. Number one. I have to go with Running Miles by Hippie Sabotage. Another song I'm going to have to hear. This song, you hear this song, just like the beat. It, it makes you, it gives you that boss vibe. You know, actually, I think this would be a good treadmill song. Actually, it just kind of gives you the set on your goal and you just want to go. Really. I'm going to have to check this out. We're going to have to make the playlist. I got to be educated. I need to be cool with the kids. Kevin. Uh, my number one. Number one. Now, if Hocus Pocus by Focus makes me want to tear down a shed this next song makes me want to tear down a skyscraper it is unstable by jim johnston or better known as the ultimate warrior wwf theme shaking the ropes sprinting full speed if i'm at the gym and i hear ultimate warrior theme i turn the treadmill up to 64 (laughs) and it starts to smoke and burn and i just run 14 miles in 30 seconds and you're completely blown up and then you proceed to run out of the gym at full speed like crew on a bicycle (laughs) when you're surrounded by people who thought you were the ultimate warrior exactly so my number one number one going super old school we're going 60s the Temptations Ain't Too Proud to Beg. There you go. The song just, it's so joyous. You're, it, it reminds me of my favorite movie of all time, The Big Chill. I'm cooking dinner. I put it on in the kitchen, full loud. I'm twirling around. I'm pretending I'm dancing with somebody. I love this song. It's such a feel-good song. Ain't too proud to beg. As a joke, I was going to put Sinking of the Edmund Fitzgerald by Gordon Lightfoot. <laughs> Which was voted the worst song that a stripper could strip to. Might have split up or they might have capsized. They may have broke deep and took water. And all that 
faces and the names of the wives and the sons and the daughters. Uh, I can think of a lot of songs that would be bad for a stripper um, to strip to, like Lee Greenwood. Yeah, that would be, that'd be amazing. Born in the USA. Uh, Katy Perry, Daddy Yankee, and Snow Con Coma. Oh, that's another good one. I had Blue by Eiffel 65. You know I like my European 90s music, so I couldn't really narrow it down. B-O-N by Boys. There's, oh, there you there go. You go. One of a very weird song. I had Roger, I Want to Be Your Man, which... That's low rider music. That's yeah. like driving slow, cruising summer day. Yeah, this might be a weird song. Chaz and Dave. There ain't no pleasing you. That's another wow. weird one. You know Chaz and Dave? No, but oh, that's, yeah. that was something. It's a deep, deep, deep edge. Uh, 94 Hours by As I Lay Dying. Never heard which, that one. God, that's like up there with Ultimate Warrior where it's just like relentless from start to finish. Watch the music video for that. I won't go into, they're a Christian band, but the, I think it was the singer. I don't want to jars of slander anyone. Uh, one of the band members hired a hitman to kill his wife. Oh, so he's doing time. Oh, nice. uh, I had soldier boy turn my swag on. I had Youngstown's own Gil Mantera's party dream. I so thought you were going to go with like Cherry Monroe. No, satellites, not. cloud, nothings, no future, no past. Now that song is like a slow build for like three minutes, 35 seconds. And then it's just like the hardest, like. You know, that's they're they just put out a new album. They're from Cleveland. Great band. The song just popped into my head. Jenna, I might need your help with this. There is a song by All Time Low. It is. Oh, fuck. Dear Maria, count me Thank in. Thank you. That's the song I was didn't thinking Didn't even of. need you to say it. I yes. Now, Jim, assume. I'm surprised that you didn't have Seventh Element by Vitus. Yeah. The tongue flicking. The tongue guy. flicking. The Russian guy. Yeah. Exactly. that exactly. fucking guy you did that so good no, that honestly i mean well compared to what i could do yeah you know, so. please thank anybody you. else have any ass. honorable mentions <laughs> i have one it would be elevate by saint lucia i probably saying that wrong i don't know if it's lucia it's probably lucia i don't know yeah but it's just another like nice sunny day rolling down your windows just going for a drive just kind of vibing really you know Oh, speaking of vibe and Kevin, we would agree with this. Beach Boys, Kokomo, because oh, of cocktail. Yeah. Yes. But yeah, I can't think of any more, man. That was a good, good list. We're going to have to put it up on Spotify. We'll let you know, guys. You know, try to get that good diversity in there. For yeah, we got a lot of diversity on this one. Yeah. All right, let's get back in the pool. Everybody back in the pool. The first critical question of season five. God, I was lazy today because <laughs> normally it's deep. You know, I've got some super deep, truly critical question. This week's critical question. Coolest recreational activity. BMX, mountain biking, rollerblading, skateboarding, four wheeler. Any I didn't mention. See, I was never allowed to be on a four wheeler. Those other things I wouldn't be allowed on. So for me, it's BMXing because that was the only thing I was ever good at when I was younger. Not too shabby, huh? Immature is more like it. <laughs> Give me a break. Are we going to the dance tonight or what? I'll be there. Well, great, Rad. I'll pick you up at eight, huh? What makes you think I'm going with you? Why not? And you'll pick me up how? On that dumb bike? <laughs> yeah. Sure. You weren't allowed on anything else. You're allowed on BMX, and then you almost See, died I'm in a bike opposite. accident. <laughs> That's the ironic thing. 
Growing up, I was always on the four-wheeler and dirt bike. I've went roller skating twice in my life. I've gone three times. Growing up, that would be our thing to do is we'd just hop on the four-wheeler, go through some trails and see what happens. Maybe flip a time or two, you know, nearly die, but that's all the fun and games of it. Same here, ironically enough. Find some porn in a log in the woods. Uh, (laughs) That's right. I, uh, I would, so when I was a kid, I used to rollerblade all the time. Airborne, Mighty Ducks. Yeah. Everything was rollerblading, but I wouldn't call it the coolest because it kind of looked down on. Skateboarding. If you're a good, like, street skateboarder, mm-hmm. that's, that's definitely. Tony Hawk. Yeah. You know, I speaking of Tony Hawk, there is this uh, Twitter thread where he is the most famous person in skating. Not and nobody me. knows who he if, is. Yeah, yeah. If you see Tony Hawk in public, will you be able to say, hey. That's Tony Hawk. Well, us, we would. Yeah. I don't know if you would. I, personally oh, I would love not. those videos. Yeah. He like tweets about it all the yeah. time. Like there's a I, I know the name. If I ever saw that man in my life, I wouldn't know who that is. He's it's a six five guy. It's so rough seeing like realizing Tony Hawk's in his mid fifties now and we first saw him in Police Academy four. Yeah. It's just weird. And gleaming the cube. Yes. He uh no the other day he was like at a skate park and a kid was like, Hey, what's your name? And he's like, Tony. He's like Oh, like Tony Hawk? Yeah. And he was like, yeah. At that point, do you go, I am Tony Hawk? No, or do you just, just let the kid live in bliss? when you like... just smack the little bastard. That's what you do. Uh, you hit him with your skateboard. Yep. <laughs> uh, let's, okay. A very meaty section heading up. Oh. Logic. It all could have been different, Mr. Walker. You should have allowed nature to take its course. The, the first one I'll mention, when Bart, Rod, and Rex drive by and see the crew will be in the race, they're driving the grand prize of Helltrack. Well, how about that? Looks like the local yokel's going to race after all. Well, how about that? That's fine. You'll get a shot. And then best, everybody else will know who really is the champ. It's not just that. There are three guys, two of which the twins are piled on top of Bart yeah, who's driving. Three people in the front seat of a Corvette. In a two-seater. In a two-seater. And they haven't won the race. The race hasn't even been ran yet, but somehow they have permission to drive the grand prize. Hey, you win $100,000 and a Corvette with 474 <laughs> miles on it. It's been broken in, man. My one, in order for crew to get into Helltrack, there was a form in the local newspaper that he was trying to forge his mom's signature. Cool. Be quiet. You're trying to forge mom's name? <laughs> Boy. Helltrack will freeze over, mom will be home, and he still won't have it right. Let me do it. No way. I'm not letting my little sister start in on a life of crime. Give me the pen. Well, you little shit. I've been here killing myself for two hours. Where the hell have you been? Brushing my teeth. Can I borrow your headphones? Yeah, they're in that second drawer. Thanks. Who gives a shit how you write your mom's signature? They're not going to know no what your mom's signature No one knows your mom's signature. Nobody knows who the fuck your mom is. And then when his sister comes out into the living room and just sees all these newspapers and asks, what are you doing? He's like, and I'm trying to forge his mom's signature. You know, I want to go do hell track. She decides to just rifle off her signature perfectly, and then Cruz like, I've been at this for two hours. All right. You fucking idiot. Two hours worth of writing. Such a waste of paper. You know, thank God they didn't have to pay for that. Exactly. But it's like, nobody knows his mom's signature. This opens a larger logic issue for me, even still, which is the movie revolves around whether Cruz should take the SAT. 
No, because <laughs> it took you two hours to figure out that they don't know your mom's signature. And that means he would at least get shit. He wouldn't even get Neon Boudreaux no. lower than 500 on right. SAT. He, that's that's really another thing, too, is why does it have to be SAT or biking? I don't get it. Yeah, like, I don't get it. But when you take the SAT, you have to schedule a day in the span of three days. You can, yeah, you can't just show really up on Saturday. The SAT is, they're going to be like, it, it's at the same exact time it's as like, the contest. If you don't take it that exact time, your college career is over with. You're done. You're doomed. Well, forget it. Yeah. And like the other thing I don't understand is I remember taking like the ACT, like in my junior year, a bunch and took it my senior year, whatever. Is this after senior year of high school? It's never you established. You can take the SAT like a month before college? Yeah, no, that's exactly. logically, that's, yeah. It makes the, nothing about point. the SAT makes any sense. Yeah. Like the fact that Cruz not going to pass it, not going to get a good score because he's not smart. The fact that he has to choose between not even just BMX, but like he has to choose between one race or college. Yeah. It's just so weird. Do you have any logic issues? I mean, um, I don't want to say this is necessarily like a logic issue, but I would like to point this out. Multiple times throughout the movie, there is a Vans promotion so many times. And the final race, well, throughout the movie too, but the final race specifically, you see Vans big on the... Um, oh, it's everywhere. Yeah. Crew and Bart are wearing Chuck Taylors. Yeah. <laughs> they are. They're totally it's giving like they're middle. advertising Vans. And then the two main guys racing Chuck Taylors. Powerful middle finger. And, you know, this is 1986, but it also just seems weird to wear Chuck Taylors in a competitive race. Yeah. Like a bike race. It seems like they'd have better tracks. Yeah. Some sort of like more protective shoes. Yeah. Kevin, you got another one? I do. How and why is the price so high for Helltrack? It's ridiculous. It's $50,000. $100,000. Oh, you mean the winnings? Yeah. yeah. And a Corvette. And it just... it For such a small town. Exactly. They There is a logic point itself. Why Cochrane, California? Why? It was the mayor, right? The diner owner. Yeah. If it's such a small town where the mayor is running a diner, <laughs> exactly. how did they pull up yes. $100,000? Is there right. a Snyder cut where like the other cities were narrowed down exactly. and they were talked like, into this? Right. I mean, maybe the sponsors chipped in a bunch of money, but if the sponsors... I know how sponsors work. We would love to have them on this show. Exactly. But the way that sponsorship works is you sponsor something in exchange for eyeballs. Exactly. And thank you, you wonderful citizens of Cochrane, for allowing us to share with you this beautiful city and community. This could be mutually beneficial to all of us. If you're holding the race in Cochrane, California, where everyone in the town is there, there's not going to be any eyeball. You're not going to sell a bunch of vans. You're no. not going to sell a bunch of kicks. Nope. You need to have it in Sacramento, Los Angeles, San Francisco, yeah. Oakland, somewhere. Cochrane, California. But they have it in this small town. Those advertisers are not going to show up and be like, wait a minute. We sponsored. Then again, he does say it's going to be on national television. Yeah, which you don't see any like big. No cameras. ESPN, nothing. Nothing. Here's another thing. I wonder if it was $100,000 because they want Bart to win this at all costs. So is this part of a negotiating ploy to make sure, okay, this is his contract extension. This will be his $100,000. It explains why he's driving around in the Corvette. The fucking car is meant for him anyways. So maybe that's part of the ploy. I, I guess. Okay, so I have another one. Crew did not fucking win Helltrack. He did not cross the line first. No. He did the showboating 360 yeah. for no reason whatsoever. Yes. Bart crossed the line first. Yep. Biggest conspiracy well, ever. And to piggyback on that, 
It wouldn't have even been that close if Bart wouldn't have handed crew the race. He, he stopped. literally stopped. Yeah. Here is Taylor stopping. He wants Crew Jones one on one. The top rider in America, Taylor, puts his reputation and one hundred thousand dollars on the line to a determined unknown challenger who just keeps coming on. He stopped. Fucking go. And the announcer says, "Bart has stopped." He, like, wa- he wants crew Jones one-on-one. Why? Whoa. Why? He stops. He waits. He says, come on. He waits for crew to catch up and then lets him beat him. I don't get it. And plus, we didn't get the payoff in the end. They should have showed Bart in full rad racing yeah, gear. I agree. Show like a fade off scene where they're entering the next event where they're actually official. Although one of these children needs a plan for what exactly rad racing is going to be. There is no plan. Because All these kids are going with this company. Like who are, who is watching them? Who is helping where are them their manage parents? this? Yeah. Where are their parents? All we see yeah, is negligent not, Adrian. Yes, they're not that old. So like, where is Aunt Becky's mom? Where is Bart's mom? And here's another thing. I don't think... Crew and his mom ever really got along because when she decides to kowtow and be like, all right, promise me you'll take the SATs. You're willing to sacrifice building a solid future for a bicycle race. It's very self-destructive. Would you try to understand? The only thing I'm good at is riding this bike. And now I have a chance to be the best, maybe the best in the world. I can take those SATs anytime, maybe in six months. But this is the only opportunity I'll ever have like this. I started out as one in a thousand. Now it's one in 20. Now to give that up, I think that would be very self-destructive. I want you to make me a promise that in six months you'll take those SATs no matter what. No matter what, I promise. Her son just did something very big. No emotion. I don't give a shit. First off, I think the local woman is really enthralled with crew. Keep an eye on that boy in red. He's a local. He's a fine young man. I think has a thing for him. I think this yeah. could be some sort of subsect porn well, up thing. After, after Christian leaves town. Uh-oh. There's always He's the, such a good boy. The local. <laughs> Rad too. He's going to move his gate for her. The another one I have is in the I guess the opening sequence of the movie. Who crashes his bicycle onto the hood of a station wagon? Yep. As it's pulling out of it the driveway. And a woman knows something. No it. one in the vehicle, neither the driver or her kids, notice here a kid that a dude just <laughs> Did a big flat back bump onto the hood of the station. He fully binned it. Yeah, that was Luke when they were doing the early paper route. Oh, shit. (laughs) You guys don't shut up. I'm going to tell your father tonight. Gnarly. I do have one when they're going up on the ramps. Why did it take Aunt Becky yes. to say, hey, move the mattresses off? Yeah. Yes. What? what? Uh, you know, you're letting your body turn your head. <clears throat> See, if you let your head lead, your body will just follow naturally. Really? Mm-hmm. And besides, if you do make it and those mattresses are there, they're just going to cause you to wipe out. What are you, nuts? No guts, no glory. Crew couldn't just do a normal fucking jump. First off, you're not going to hit any jumps when you have mattresses. He could never hit a, a jump. And then she's like, you're not moving your head. You need to use your head to rotate. Then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, couldn't land a normal jump, gets a backflip. He hasn't been trying backflips onto the mattresses. Nope. He's been trying straight jumps. So then when they move the mattresses, 
First thing I'm trying, backflip. <laughs> and he nails no, it. No, I used to do gymnastics at one point in my life. There's no way. Two shots. First one, he biffed it. Second shot, there's no way he managed to do it that perfectly yeah. on a bike. It was brilliant rotation. The second, first one, he over-rotated. But I'd be scared to death to do it. You would, nobody in their right mind would be able to pull it off that easily, that quickly. No way. Maybe on, like, on a trampoline. Maybe. Is this but a- not in the air on a BMX. Yes. What is this place where this ramp is? It looks like some because sort of rundown like a, park. A public park pool next to the ramp it's Waddell but Park. these people at this <laughs> public pool doesn't seem like they would really want this haggard disease infested mattress ramp next to their public pool those mattresses are gonna put off an odor yes like no other it's so all mold weird. you don't want to eat eight hot dogs at that concession oh store. up yours they give you a discount for eight hot dogs it's that dirty hot dog on the rotisserie that's been spinning for five weeks all right what do we want to say about the legacy of this movie oh that's Jim's forte. Here we go, folks. An interesting premise for this movie. Now, I found it weird that Burton Timmer, a.k.a. Ray Walston, rest in peace, is riding at an advanced age on a BMX bike. Throughout the whole movie, he's riding on a BMX bike. Crew, throughout this whole movie, is on a BMX bike. I totally think that Burton Timmer is Crew Jones from the future. Doing the end game Captain America. This is Flashpoint. Fla- this is yeah. Flashpoint. There was a time where, or a parallel universe, where Crew took the SATs and he didn't do Hell Track. And his life went into a tangent, must have been a downfall. Or an alternate where Crew didn't take the SAT, qualified for Hell Track, but couldn't raise the $50,000 yes. as a sponsor. That makes it even more credible. Who bails them out? Burton does. Yes. Say, because, you know, or he failed Hell Track, went to school, business management, became rich, and finally he was able to give his past self the life that he always wanted. Exactly. That's a way, too. But that's what I think. I think Burton came back in time. He couldn't use the name Christopher. He goes back in time. He realizes there was this one moment in my life where if I would have done this, I would have taken this risk. My life would have turned out so much better. He goes back in time. He gets Mongoose to Cochran. He gives crew the extra $27,000 to get into the race. He wins Hell Track. He gives his little salute off. He goes back to the future. Legacy. Yeah, I think that about wraps it up. I don't have anything <laughs> else to say about Legacy. When it comes to standard Legacy, like it just got re-released by Mondo Steelbooks. They released the Vinegar Syndrome, did a re-release. Great soundtrack. Oh, the soundtrack is John Farnham Stellar. It's, oh my God, real life. You, there's so many great hits on the soundtrack. Stick around for some plugs. Hey, this is Shane Herman with the Youngstown Comedy Syndicate. You're listening to the Pool Scene Podcast. Once again, Pool Sceners, thank you for checking out the pod this week. Remember, if you want to know what's going on, any updates, any exciting things coming around the corner, check us out on Facebook and Instagram at Pool Scene Podcast. Also, at Pool Scene Pod on the Twitter. Also, if you want to drop us a line, send us an email email at poolscenepodcast at gmail.com any movie ideas we have some amazing movies coming up if there's a movie you want us to cover let us know you're on the journey with us and now back to kevin hey it's the landing strip season five yeah (laughs) i'm kind of bummed lately everything kind of sucks right now well kevin i'm about ready to cheer you up i got you something son oh Special gift Uh, from Wahlburgers. Wow. Here we go. Marky Mark and the Funky Bunch. That'll cheer you up. It's a Wahlburgers shirt. Got your Wahlburgers merch, son. That's awesome. Went to Wahlburgers this past weekend in Pittsburgh. And let me tell you, I can't recommend that place enough. The food is excellent. 
I had their special beer. I think it was called like Wallbanger or whatever. I can't remember what it was called, but it was their own special mix, like an IPA Belgi. Nice. Fantastic. But I saw I, that. I had to get it for you. I saw that their mom just died. And yeah, I saw a really after. insensitive article that was like, Donnie and Mark mourn the death of their mother. I'm like, what about the other brother? <laughs> yeah, he didn't the mourn the death. Paul. Paul he cheered the, the right. death of his mother. Like <laughs> He's not rich enough with yeah, him, exactly. Mark and Donnie. Exactly. Can't get mentioned. So yeah, things just, I will say, I'm very happy to be doing this podcast. Yeah. It is something I look forward to every time we record. Something that keeps me going. That sounds way worse than it's supposed to. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, I just I'm I'm happy to do this podcast. Happy to share it with all of you. Hey, we got five seasons now. I want to thank everybody that stayed along the journey and those have come on board. There are so many things in our social media manager herself, Jenna, Queen of the TikToks. We're getting bigger. We're getting better. We got so much stuff ahead of us coming this season. We're having another Corey and tons of get together. People loved it. They've asked for it. It's happening again. It's so much good shit that's going to be happening right here in season five and beyond. You know, and honestly, I'd like to give a special shout out to uh, Jim and Kevin. You know, it's my first time on the mic. First time, you know, first time. Lots of firsts today. You're so a part of the family. I now. do apologize if I'm uh, stuttering a little bit. You uh, know, you're it's fine. Here more so to help with like social media ideas. I thought it was right for you to be on the podcast, not just be behind the scenes, give you a taste of what Kevin and I do, because in order for you to relay what we do, it's better for you to be a part of it. Exactly. Yeah, we you know, first-hand experience. We couldn't yeah. thank you enough. Mm -hmm. You're welcome to come back and do any movie you want. Awesome. I think Jenna's going to make a Spotify. Uh, Spotify. Spotify. <laughs> Spotify. We bought it. Spotify playlist. Maybe that's a new thing we can start doing for all you pool singers. Yeah. Um, you know, we can maybe do like yeah. involve the podcast through our own each uh, playlist. And yeah. Just kind of like, you know, just do how we're feeling and just yeah. vibe to. Yeah. Why not? Give you like we learn new songs from you today that mm -hmm. Kevin and I have never heard of. So a, we can get educated. I have a broad music taste. That's right. And ours are very narrow. <laughs> <laughs> At least mine no, are. Mine's very broad. Yeah. Yeah. No, we, we really enjoyed having Thank you. Yeah. And we, you're welcome back anytime. You know, we, we want to, we're going to take care of you at some point for, sure. for, for doing, doing this, for helping us out. We really appreciate it. So yeah, Kevin showed off a preliminary design for some merch. And let me tell you, fucking love it. It's a great idea. Get it in the right hands and, yes. uh, and make craft it and put it out there and get some shirts, get some merch. Yeah, Guys, we'll do some contests. We'll do that. Maybe uh, I don't know how far away we are from fifty episodes. We are. This is actually will be episode number forty-seven. So we're three 47 away. Forty-seven movie, or does that include the swim meet? Uh, that includes the swim meet. Okay, so if you subtract the swim meet. And specials. Yeah. Once we get to 50 movies, we'll try and maybe have a t-shirt. Yeah. We'll do a contest. Good idea. And we'll we'll send somebody out a shirt. Hell yeah. Let's do it. Let's spread the love to all of our pool sceners and lifeguards out there, everybody. Season five is going to be a big year, everybody. Next week, it's XXXL loaded episode. <laughs> For a minute there, I thought, we're doing triple X? We're doing triple X. <laughs> extra large. Yeah, extra large. Thank you, everybody, for coming along and enjoying a movie that's close to my heart, rad. There's thunder in your heart. All right, kicking off season five, Silencia. Silencia! Woo.